Welcome to Intersect, where church meets culture. My name is Betsy Desch, and I am joined, as always, by my husband, the muscular Josh Desch. Mm. How do you like that one? Muscular. I'm loving keep, keep going. Tell me more about this. <laughs> so we have two teenage sons, and you, Josh, have done a wonderful job of going to the gym with them, uh, just increasing your muscularity their fitness, that's been really fun to watch. I think I've gained a fourth of a pound of muscle. <laughs> so go to the gym. Well, hey, muscular still fits. We are trying. We are trying. Hey, Betsy, can you believe we're in season six here of it's Intersect? pretty crazy. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. Give our audience the title of this episode for today. I think people are really going to find this interesting. Yeah. So our title today is Friends, Friendship, and the Secret Sauce. Wow. Okay. Friends, Friendship, and the Secret Sauce. Now, of course, the word friends... We are alluding to the famous television show, which aired on NBC for 10 seasons that was just called Friends. Mm -hmm. And the reason that we put this title, and, and even I think that to a degree that we thought about this topic, was everybody has heard about the death of Matthew Perry, age 54. He, of course, played one of the six friends on that show. He played Chandler Bing. Yes. Now, Betts, let's set the topic up a little bit. Adult friendships... We all know that adult friendships can be challenging. We know that loneliness is on the rise all over the world. In fact, many people, some people say the word's overused, but many people say we are in a loneliness epidemic. Mm -hmm. uh, we mentioned this two, three seasons ago, how in the UK there's a minister of loneliness. And so we want to jump into this topic about friendship. And we want to talk about the show a little bit, but really what we want to do is take a deep dive into the whole concept of friendship. Why do we need friends? How do we make friends? All the rest. But Bets, a little bit about the show Friends before we jump into why this show seems to resonate so much with so many people. Did you know that 52 million people watched the finale? Wow. That was in 2004. And here's what's crazy about this show. The show ran from 94 to 2004. And of course, it was extremely popular when it was on. But its popularity has not declined. It remains incredibly popular with not just millennials, which is what we are, but also with Gen Z, mm -hmm. many of whom were not born when the show was out. Right. <laughs> and just a few years ago, Netflix paid roughly $100 million for the rights to the season for just one year. Wow. And most recently, HBO outbid Netflix, and they paid $425 million for the streaming rights for five years. That's crazy. So it just tells how popular it is. This show is clearly, people are still streaming this show. They're still watching this show. So, Bets, let me ask you this question. Why does the show Friends have such lasting cultural currency? It's a really interesting question. There's been a lot written about this, and I bet there'll be a lot more written about this as people reflect on the um, surprising death of Matthew Perry, um, which is really sad. It is. He has a sad um, story mm -hmm. in his life. Um, it sounds like he had turned a corner and was going in um, a better direction. Mm -hmm. But um, about the show, I think, just as I think about it, for one thing, it's just really funny. <laughs> yes. You know, it's uh, the characters are relatable. You might know somebody like them, or maybe you are like one of them. Uh, the problems are relatable. You need a new job. 
uh, your upstairs neighbor is loud. Uh, you know, just silly. I've never left a baby on a bus, but maybe <laughs> other people have, and they can relate to that. Um, so it's, it's just so much fun. And also I think like, if you look at TV today, some TV, not all of course, but some sitcoms, you know, you've got, maybe you've got your characters who are concerned about geopolitics and global warming and all of the, the causes that are, um, that are, are just the biggest issues we're all of the day. Yeah, yes. yeah. 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 And in a way that, you know, when friends was, was out, the internet was just new, you know, we weren't wrapped up in what was, we didn't have the access to what was going on in every corner of the world right then, like we do now. And so I think the show, it's just, it's not stressful. It's just kind of lighthearted and comforting and it's easy to watch. Yeah. Mm -hmm. There's nothing really deep going on, <laughs> no. but, but that's okay mm -hmm. uh, because it's about six friends. Now, of course, you know, you're not going to watch this show with your 10 year old. Right. There, there, <laughs> there, there are plenty of things that, that uh, especially Christians are, are not going to agree with, but it, there's also tons of funny, lighthearted moments in the show. And it does seem to capture something about that era of when you're in your twenties and you're trying to figure things out. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times you have no money. Although sometimes in the show they have, it's when, when they show wants to, they have plenty of money when it doesn't, they don't. But yeah, right. Well, you look at that apartment in New York, uh, any of those apartments in New York, you, they could not afford those apartments. No, no, no. And they, they also, they also couldn't afford to hang out in a coffee shop for eight hours a day. Or whatever. Right. There's that too. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, I, I think all those things resonate. You know, you'll you'll read online, people have a nostalgia for a period of time uh, when people were together more. Mm -hmm. One of the things that's interesting is this is right before the advent of cell phones. So yeah. there's a couple of really goofy looking cell phones that appear in the show. Yes. You know, yes. Um, that, that could only make calls. Remember that. But... It's really before phones, and so the relationships, they're all happening together. Mm -hmm. And maybe that is what we're lacking today is just the fact that Friends is about six friends that just, they're together. They spend a whole lot of time together, and they do, they do life together. I mean, they do not life. to be cliched, but... I think that's a good way to put it. Yeah. Yep. So what from Friends do we need more of today, do you think that's... Yeah, I think as we were just talking about the embodied friendships, nothing was over social media or texting or emailing. They just spent a whole lot of time together. It's so funny to me. It's like the same group of people. They're just either in someone's apartment, they're in the coffee shop, you know, they're just always, always together. So they had a lot of shared adventures and a lot of misadventures. Mm -hmm. um, and they just had a lot of compassion. You know, they knew each other. They had a shared history. Uh, there was, there was a lot of loyalty and I'll be there for you. There you go. Yeah. There you go. Remember the adventure where they're trying to bring a couch up an apartment stairwell? Oh, it's iconic. Pivot. Yes. <laughs> Wait, there's, there's, there's so many, uh, there's so many memories, but I, I will say this. I mean, there's clearly the sexual ethics of the show are, are not Christian pretty at troubling. all. Yes. They're, they're pretty troubling, but, uh, the, they're very loyal to each other. Mm -hmm. So so you do get the impression from these characters that they would do anything for one another. They would really support each other. They would really be like family to each other. Yes, so, definitely. So, Bets, are, are we losing some of this today? This embodied friendship, this willingness to, to do anything for a friend? Well, 
I think as you, um, again, as you alluded to earlier, things like something being called, you know, an era being called the loneliness epidemic. I mean, something is clearly not clicking as it, as it should. So I think a lot of adults and I'm sure kids too feel lonely. Maybe they don't feel like they have those friendships that they want. Um, so I, as we do, where did we go to do some reading? The Atlantic. Big surprise. <laughs> we love the Atlantic. Yeah. What we saying? So um, I had read this article earlier this year. It's called What Adults Forget About Friendship. It was from August 28th of this year, 2023. Um, and so the subtitle of the article was Just Catching Up Can Feel Stale. Playing and wasting time together like kids do are how, how you make memories. Um, so I think as I thought about the show friends, this is really what they do. They're not just like going to grab dinner, you know, um, once a month or whatever, as we may be prone to do with a lot of our friendships, they were playing and wasting time together. I mean, that's totally friends, right? <laughs> the yeah, show. Yeah. Um, so in this article, the author talked about how adult friendships that we all experience are often characterized by quote, a per, pursuit of efficiency and the safety of following norms. Mm. Um, Tell which, us more about that, Bets. Yeah, I think it's really interesting. So the article talked about how as we spend time with other people, we feel like maybe we should be getting something done, not just like sitting on the couch and being with each other, but so maybe you're um, doing a few things at once or maybe your the safety of following norms I think is really an interesting yeah, yeah. observation because – a, a gal that, or I'm sorry, a man that the the gal interviewed in the article, um, Jeffrey Parker, he's a psychology professor at the University of Alabama. He said, this is a quote, he'd find it hard to call up a friend and say, want to go throw some stones in the river? <laughs> because he senses that adult get-togethers should have a clear purpose. Yep. We know what to expect of something like a dinner party, he said. But especially with someone new, just hanging out is more confusing. There's this open feeling about, well, how long is it going to take? And what are we going to do? And what am I supposed to wear? <laughs> I think we can relate to that. You know, kids don't think about that. Oh, stuff. no. And I think yeah. a wonderful way to engage this topic is to think about how kids do friendship. Mm -hmm. the kids never think about efficiency, especially younger kids. They never think about efficiency. And they don't, they don't really think about safety so much as, I mean, just think about how many times your kids have come home, they walk in the door, they're covered in dirt. Yes. And you're just like, what happened? What have, you, what have you guys been doing? We haven't seen you for two hours. They've been out imagining, creating things. They don't care about efficiency. And then you get to the adult world and we all say, you know, friendships are harder now that I'm an adult. Why is this? But it's because a lot of times we're thinking to ourselves, well, I could, I could hang out with this person while I work out. And then I'll get, I'll get my working. And, and that may be a great way to connect with people. Right. But, but we can sort of lead with efficiency instead of spending time with the person. And I think even in the Christian world, we can say, well, I'll spend time with this person if it's a Bible study. Sure. But, just, but I don't have time to just hang out with you. I can see you at the Bible study and get some of that friendship stuff. And of course, look, I'm not against Bible studies, obviously. I'm a pastor. But it's, it's interesting to consider how kids do friendship and then how it changes into the adult experience. Yeah, and obviously that's at the heart of it. It's because kids have time and adults have a lot of responsibilities yep. that kids don't have. True. So yep. there are reasons that adult friendships evolve the way that they do. But 
when you're talking about how a lot of adults feel lonely and feel like they're not connecting with people, it helps to kind of um, think through, well, why might that be? So another thing that um, the author of this article was named Raina Cohen. Another thing she says is often when we get together, you know, you're just, she called it ticking through life's headlines. So you're catching up with your friend. You're, you know, saying, oh, this is, maybe you're saying, oh, this is what my kids have been doing or here's what I've been doing at work. Um, or whatever it may be. She said, ticking through life's headlines, however, can feel like exchanging memos, whereas joint adventures create memories, which is the foundation of close friendship. So I think that's interesting just to think about how can we cultivate relationships that feel really meaningful, that feel like you're connecting on a deep level. And also, Another thing that she pointed out is friendships do involve taking risks. You know, if you want to go to the next level with someone, you do have to put yourself out there in a way that feels vulnerable sometimes. And again, it it all takes time that you feel like you might not have. Um, you maybe are going to make suggestions that some person might not go for and or may think it's a dumb suggestion or, or whatever. So... I think kids don't think about that kind of stuff. You know, they're just like, let's play this. And maybe one kid's like, no, that's dumb. Let's then, play this. And then a kid's or, crying the next moment. And yeah. then they're fine 10 minutes later. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So um, I think I think there are things, though, that we can take from how kids do their friendships that, you know, we can make intentional decisions to be around our friends, to do things together that aren't just, you know, the standard things that, that adults do with their friends, right? Maybe put yourself out there and make a crazy suggestion and see what happens. That's, it's funny. We recently went on a camping trip with some friends. And when, when I think back on that kind of experience, a lot of times the memories are all the things that you didn't plan and right. that you didn't like, Hey, our tent flooded. Right. And we, that was the camp out where our tent flooded. And, and you, yeah. and you just think of the things that really stick with you were not necessarily the the nicely planned out, curated, we're going to go, you know, maybe you plan some hike, maybe you plan this or that, but it seems like so much of the things that we remember in life are things that happen just because we're together. Right. Yeah. So how do you think we can cultivate relationships that feel, you know, these, these deeper friendships? How do you think we can do that when people feel pressed for time? Maybe people aren't even sure where to go to look for friendships. What are some thoughts that you have about that? I think this is just one of those things where you just, you have to make yourself do it. You have to be intentional. Mm -hmm. I, I still think the best friendship advice I've ever heard in my life is if you want a friend, be a friend. Mm -hmm. uh, don't wait on the other person. And then you also found though, this other article by Julie Beck from 2022 about six forces that fuel friendship. What are these, walk us through these six forces, Bets, uh, because, you know, what comes to my mind is you got to be intentional, you got you to make the, the time, but this sort of, these things sort of get at uh, some of the secret sauce behind yes, friendship. Right. And also, just to say, you know, thinking back on the show Friends, we think about how they played together, they lived together, they did a lot of things together that maybe we don't often think of adults doing together. And this, so yeah, this is another article from The Atlantic, uh, The Six Forces That Fuel Friendship. And this, I think, is really interesting to think through as we um, 
just contemplate our own relationships and how we can form new ones. Um, so this is a gal, a journalist, who spent three years interviewing friends for something she called the Friendship Files. And this is what she learned. So in a nutshell, her three years of interviews boiled down to these six things that fuel friendship. All right, so number one, this is pretty simple, accumulation, meaning time spent together. And we all know if you want a friend, you have to spend time together in, you know, whatever setting that may be. Uh, second one is attention. Okay, so I really liked this, and this is a quote from her article. It helps to step out of our habits and into the moment. Because as much as we may feel like our social networks are set and settled, it's never too late to meet someone who will be important to you for the rest of your life. So I think when she says attention, what she's meaning is being aware of other people, you know, stepping outside of our habits. I love that. And into the moment, maybe we're on the lookout for those new relationships and, and, and scanning to see like, hey, wh what connections can I make in this moment? Yeah, I love that one. Yeah, I, I do too. I, I love the idea of all my friends don't have to be set for the rest of my life. Yes, exactly. And maybe there's some of with, th with this one where people think, well, if I made a new friend, I would, that would automatically diminish a friendship with the other people I have, which is not necessarily the case at no. all. Mm -mm. But, but to, to meet someone new, to form a new friendship is a wonderful, exciting thing because every friend is different and every friend brings something different out in you. Yes, that's so true. Yeah. Uh, so accumulation, attention. Next one is intention. Intention. When opportunity arises, says Julie Beck, uh, you have to put yourself out there. And that requires courage, vulnerability, and a willingness to let things be awkward. Ooh, <laughs> I think that's true, though. We can think through as we develop relationships with new friends. You know, you kind of have that moment where you have to inch towards someone, metaphorically, or physically, um, and see if they return that, like, ooh, I feel like this could be a good thing. I don't know if that person feels the same way. You know, you're kind of doing that dance of like, do you want to be friends? Check yes or no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're right. So Can't play it safe. That's right. So intention. I think that's really, I think that's great. Sometimes we have to put ourselves out there because the return that we could get from the risk of, you know, is this person going to return my friendship? Uh, the return on that risk could be a lifelong friendship. So, all right. So that's the first three. Number four, ritual. I love this. This is what she says. One thing that seems to make keeping up with friends easier is ritual. I personally find that the effort of coordinating hangs, like hangouts, or even phone calls, is the biggest barrier to seeing my friends. It's much easier when something is baked into my schedule and all I have to do is show up. I love that because who can't resonate with that being like, oh, we need to hang out. And then you just keep saying that for a long time and it never, you never get around to it because life is busy. Yeah. Betts, do you remember seeing headlines that said a glass of wine a day was good for your body or things like that? Sure. Or, 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 or one beer a day. Well, it's interesting. There, there's now some data out there saying that that may not be the case. Now, not to say that, that a drink a day is necessarily bad for you. There is a point where having too much alcohol is obviously Listen, bad for you. Every health claim that's ever been made has later been negated. There you go. Right? <laughs> so just ignore them all. Yeah, but right. here, here's what's interesting. Um, you know, there there was, people were wondering about the French diet, which includes a lot of wine and all this. And, and here's what researchers have actually figured out. Alcohol is good for us when we drink it with other people. 
In other words, the benefit does not mm. come from the substance. It does not come from the alcohol itself. It comes, the benefit happens because that is something that when used in moderation, when used appropriately, helps lubricate friendships. It helps That's form so friendships. And yeah. so actually the, the person that has a weekly uh, uh, beer at a bar with some of their friends, th they're not getting any health benefit from the beer. They're getting the, <laughs> the health benefit from the friendships. That's so interesting. So it's about the ritual. It's about yeah. the togetherness that social scientists have, have realized that's the true value of uh, of alcohol. Of getting is, a drink with your friends. Yeah, yeah. That is so interesting. Which, by the way, I, I and I'm probably going to say this in a sermon at some point, a lot of people need to think about when you drink, how often do you drink alone and how often do you drink together? Mm. Because there there is no benefit to drinking alone. I'm not saying you should never do it, but there there are no benefits to drinking alone health-wise. And I think I do think people turn to that sometimes to, to help them deal with life. Sure. Whereas the drinking in a social context, it's clearly about fostering relationships. Mm -hmm. Anyway. Yeah. Well, if we go back to the show friends, look at all the rituals they had. Good night. They were constantly meeting at Central Park. You know, they were doing all kinds of stuff together. And they always came into Monica's apartment for breakfast. Like, how many times do you see them pouring orange juice in the morning? Yeah, yeah. Uh, they never work, actually. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know when they go to work. But, um, you know, I have a, a fairly new friendship in my life as of the time of this recording. And um, I've really enjoyed getting to know this new friend. And something that we did straight away was say, okay, let's meet for coffee or uh, breakfast or lunch, whatever, on the first Friday of every month, because we're both busy moms. And if you are just like, okay, let's schedule something, you know, it's just so hard. It's so easy to let things go. And so I love this because it makes friendships really, um, realistic for anyone, for people who's, who are thinking, you know, I just have too much going on in my life, but we can all schedule something right. And have sure. it on the calendar. And you can say, you know, hey, the first Friday of the month, we get together yep. and have tacos or whatever yep. it may be. So yep. I love ritual. That yep. makes it very um, realistic. I think. All right. Two more ingredients in the, in the secret sauce. What are they? Yes. Imagination. Okay. Soci this is uh, from the article. Society has a place for friendships and it's on the sidelines. They're supposed to play a supporting role to work, family, and romance. But her point is a friendship can be whatever you want it to be. Um, so her... She listed several examples in her article of, you know, friends who live together, friends who, um, you know, just do things that often we don't have a place for in our society. Friends who spend, you know, every holiday together, whatever it may be. So we can imagine a wonderful role for our friendships. Hmm. And then finally, um, the last force that fuels friendship is grace. I love this one, of course. Um and in that, that's where we've got to be willing to be flexible, to overlook an offense, to forgive, you know, to, to say, oh, I haven't talked to you for a long time, and that's okay. Um, and we all need to give each other grace. Bets, I recently called up a friend who had been a really good friend of mine at a different season of life. And now we don't live anywhere near each other. And we had not had a falling out. We just, you know, life gets busy life. and you, you just, you don't yeah. call each other as much. For sure. And, uh, but for the longest time I said, I don't want to call him. He, he needs to call me. <laughs> <laughs> and finally I, I called him and we had a wonderful time catching up. 
And again, this is what, if we are going to cultivate these relationships in our lives, we're going to have to be intentional. We're going to have to give grace. We're going to have to say, who cares? You know, you didn't call me for a year. I didn't call you for a year. Who cares? Let's not let that be a barrier. Yeah, we love each other. Let's Mm -hmm. let's reconnect. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So those are, uh, I love those, the, the six forces that fuel friendship, because we all, again, look to that show and say, wow, we love those friendships. How can we build you know, and then we can think about how we can build awesome friendships in our lives or improve the ones that we have. Yeah. Um, before we get to a little bit of application, I want to share a little bit of information for people on the health benefits of friendship. Okay. Mm-hmm. So the first one is from Harvard Medical School. Uh, I found this article that says this, a relative lack of social ties is associated with depression and later life cognitive decline, mm-hmm. as well as in- increased mortality. One study which examined data from more than 309,000 people found that a lack of strong relationships increased the risk of premature death from all causes, this is crazy, by 50%. Wow. An effect on mortality risk roughly comparable to smoking up to 15 cigarettes a day and greater than obesity and physical inactivity. That is wild. So if you have no friends, uh, but you're extremely healthy, that is like smoking 15 cigarettes a day. It's actually worse for you than being obese. Yeah. It's just like, wow, we are meant to be people who are known and loved and who know and love other yep. people. I think this one's really cool, especially for people who are in the church and really value their their church relationships and just mm-hmm. friendships, period. I think this next one's really cool. In 2006, this is from the New York Times, a study of nearly 3,000 nurses with breast cancer found that women without close friends were four times as likely to die from the disease as women with 10 or more friends. Mm. and notably proximity and the amount of contact with a friend wasn't associated with survival. Just wow. having friends was protective. That is so interesting. So, so you, you, are, you are more likely to survive a disease if you have friends than if you don't have friends. Uh, same thing, one more. Um, in a six-year study of 736 middle-aged Swedish men, I love all studies on middle-aged Swedish men. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Can we have more, please? Can we get more of those? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, this is again from the same New York Times article. Attachment to a single person didn't appear to affect the risk of heart attack and fatal coronary heart disease, but having friendships did. Hmm. Only smoking was as important a risk factor as a lack of social support. Wow. You're more likely to have a heart attack. You're more likely to die if you do not have friends and the medical data, or or especially maybe to say if you don't have a, a good network of friends. I mean, That's most right. people probably have one or two friends, but some of those friends might be really toxic, yeah. might be harmful in your right. life. Not meaningful connections. Not meaningful. Maybe they're yeah. really trivial. Mm-hmm. We need a number of deep, meaningful friendships, don't mm-hmm. we, Betsy? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so do you have any um, f- advice? We've got, we've got a few Bible verses at the end, but do you have any advice on uh, pursuing friendship that we haven't talked about already? Well, um, I think we just have to, again, just underscoring that we have to be willing to put ourselves out there, right? It, it can, um, that can be intimidating sometimes, or, you know, there can be other factors that make it difficult as we already have talked about, like time and, and, um, feeling full of other things. But, um, but when we are willing to put ourselves out there, um, we can just pray that God will help us to connect with people deeply and to find those really deep, meaningful, um, relationships. And certainly as, uh, as a church family, 
this should all be a slam dunk for us as we pursue each other in God's family. Yeah, right. We, mm-hmm. we, we should be the models. That's we, right. We should all be like the television show friends <laughs> in, t- in terms of embodying sharing life together. That's right. Right. That's well, right. We can pass on some, of the, it, on, on some of the other stuff. Yeah. <laughs> and I know, you know, that's not always the reality because we live in a broken world, but sure. that is certainly sure. what God wants for us. I, I think the other bit of advice that I would give is, you know, you meet people who come from incredibly strong, well-connected families where, and sometimes there's a lot of money in the family, so people can take great vacations together and stuff. And that's wonderful. But I would just add, I really believe God's design for us is to have relationships, meaningful relationships that go beyond our families. Mm -hmm. And as wonderful as parents are, as wonderful as children are, as wonderful as siblings are, and goodness, those should be some of our great friendships I don't think God wants us to only have those friendships. I, I, I think there's something really unique about somebody that's not from your family system who, who yeah. you're able to connect with. Well, and as you said before, people draw out a different piece of you Yes. as you get to know people who are different than you. And that's really special. Yeah, it mm-hmm. is. Hey, the Bible talks a lot about friendship, says friendship's really important. Mm-hmm. Some of these verses, our audience is going to be familiar with Proverbs 17, 17, a friend loves at all times, and mm-hmm. a brother is born for adversity. Mm. Friends are there for us. Proverbs 27, 6. I mean, this one's so good. Faithful are the wounds of a friend. Mm. Profuse are the kisses of an enemy. Yep. We need our friends to tell us what we don't want to see or we can't see. Okay. I think this one's interesting from the New Testament. Matthew eleven nineteen, The Son of Man came eating and drinking, and they say, look at him, a glutton and a drunkard, a friend of tax collectors and and sinners. Mm. Isn't that interesting that Jesus was called uh, a friend of people that the society didn't view as being worthy of friendship? Mm-hmm. Jesus wasn't just an advocate. He wasn't just uh, in their corner. Isn't it interesting that the Bible says he was their friend? Yeah, that's A awesome. friend of people. And then finally, to me, this one's the clincher. Jesus himself says this about us, John 15, 15. No longer do I call you servants, for the servant does not know what his master is doing, but I have called you friends. Mm. How about that? Yeah. God says God says we're his friend. Really doesn't get any better than that. Friendship really matters. We need to pursue it. We need to pursue it with God, of course, most of all. But we, wow, do we need to pursue it with each other. That's right. Betsy, do you ever read books? I, I've heard that you do sometimes. Um, I do like to read, as we all know. And um, I do have a book that I finished recently, and a lot of people are going to uh, recognize this book because it was just made into a movie, uh, American Prometheus, The Triumph and Tra- Tragedy of J. Robert Oppenheimer. Mm. So uh, the Oppenheimer movie came out over the summer, of course. I thought you were going to say you read a book about Barbie. And I just... <laughs> there probably is a Barbie book. Sure. Um, so... Um, I did not see the movie as of yet, but the book was very interesting, uh, very deep dive into Robert Oppenheimer and really interesting book, interesting to learn about the time periods and a little bit about the McCarthyism of the 1950s. So that is a good book. It is rather long, I will say, and it has some slow parts, which most books do, I guess. Okay. Uh, but yes, that was a real good one. But what, and wasn't he kind of a tragic genius? Yeah. You know, kind of had a sad life that. in some ways. I think he did. Yeah. 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 But very interesting, really interesting to learn about. Okay. 
So um, that's it for today, friends. We we will um, put all of these articles down in our show notes, which are at anyprez.com slash podcast. So if you want to check out these articles about friendship, we will have those there. And let's send them out with the jingle. I'll be there for you because you're there for me too. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry to put you through that, folks. That was great. See you next time. (laughs)